All right, let's get into this whole Cullen Commission on Money Laundering report with the help of Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi, and what can I tell you? Well, um, I don't know. What can you tell me? Let's get into it. What What did you think was useful out of this? Well, I, first of all, I mean, it's a very useful report. Massive, right? 1,800 pages, uh, a lot of detail and insight into what happened and what went wrong. And 101 recommendations for how to set things right, and I think overall very useful, brave, bold report. So, uh, you know, worth the effort, worth the exercise. Uh, Commendations to the commissioner and his legal team uh, for getting this much information together and giving it to us. Okay. Now, there was, I think, some disappointment with it, though, too, because I think people wanted just more of a, I don't know, finger-pointing exercise or just being able to put their finger on what went wrong. Well, yes, uh, but we were warned about that right from the beginning. Uh, Public inquiries cannot lay criminal charges. Uh, They can pass information on to the RCMP if they find any evidence of corruption, uh, but they tell us they didn't. So look, I think it's really important to point out that this public inquiry had all the power it needed to ferret out corruption and blow the whistle on it and hand the evidence over to the RCMP. The commissioner was a Supreme Court justice and a respected one. He had a platoon of lawyers, basically an unlimited budget. He could and did interview whistleblowers in confidence. He did and could and did take anonymous tips. And they had three years to check all of that out, and they found no evidence. So I think Yeah, it was a very interesting exchange right at the very end of the press conference yesterday with one of the lawyers after about the third or fourth media question about, well, why no evidence of corruption? He said, it seems to me there's a bit of disappointment in the room. (laughs) He said, you know, it's actually good news that there's no corruption here. I've always operated writing about politics. Do not assume corruption where mere incompetence, negligence, lack of resources, um, looking the other way because you've got other priorities, uh, when all of that will account for what happened, and I think it does, uh, I don't think you need to assume that there was corruption here, but the commission failed to find it. I think if you're looking for something very specific, then yeah, it's not going to be there. But I think it was the more broad idea of this was somehow beneficial to British Columbia's coffers to have this money pouring in. That's the idea that people think was problematic. Well, that could well be, although, you know, the commission doesn't even say much about that. But yes, uh, there was a, uh, a financial interest for government and the BC Lottery Corporation to not crack down on money laundering, and they didn't. But that doesn't mean the politicians and the officials at the BC Lottery Corporation were on the take. I mean, that that is, uh, as I said, you can draw that conclusion. It still doesn't mean corruption. The other thing I think to emphasize here, Simi, and the report is very good on this, is the falling down of the federal government on this. So, In Canada, we specialize in jurisdictional disputes where provincial and federal authorities overlap. 
even with the best of intentions, and I think the current NDP government and David Eby have the best of intentions on cracking down on money laundering, there is only so much they can do. The regulation of the flow of international cash is up to the federal government. Uh, The criminal code, which in Canada is weak on issues like this, it's up to Ottawa to amend that. A national task force, an RCMP task force, on cracking down on money laundering, it is dependent on the federal government to provide such a thing, and they've not done it. Let's talk about the political aspect of this, because it certainly wasn't an exoneration by any stretch of the imagination for the previous ministers or the previous premier who'd all been in charge and had been told at some point that this was problematic and didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, they were negligent and uh, they failed to do what they needed to do. And the the commission is uh, quite thorough in saying that. Uh, Christy Clark does not merge unscathed from this. Uh, Neither does Mike DeYoung. Uh, Neither does uh, Rich Coleman. Uh, you know, E.B. had one of the great lines yesterday, like being able to go around to the public and say, we're not actually corrupt. It's not much of a selling point in the political arena. I think you can and should be held to account for the liberals for what they did here. And they better hope that memories fade about this before the next election. The only thing they've really got going for them Christy Clark is gone from the political arena, and I doubt she's coming back. Rich Coleman is retired. Mike DeYoung, rumblings from him that he probably uh, is thinking of moving on. And Kevin Falcon has the good fortune, uh, I don't think it was planning, that most of what's documented in here happened after he uh, left cabinet and retired from politics. So, uh, yeah, they can uh, wriggle out of some of the responsibility here, but this report, Simi, I agree with you, it is not in the least flattering to the last B.C. Liberal government. Right, and I mean, given everything that's happened, we've been talking about the problems that the current government has been having. This would be a useful tool for the current government to have. So do do the B.C. Liberals have an adequate response to this? Well, they had a go at it yesterday. Uh, You know, the commission said they, they did do some stuff, right? They just didn't do enough. The, the problem the current government has going forward, Simi, and it, it's interesting, again, I know you've got David E.B. on. He, he, it's interesting yesterday when E.B. got asked about, well, what about all these findings that the federal government's money regulatory regime didn't work? Now, E.B.'s been telling us this for a while. He said the resources aren't there, the commitments aren't kept. Uh, the federal regulator, FinTrack, doesn't do its job, really. Well, E.B. was asked about all this yesterday, and he said, well, I hope this report will encourage my federal counterparts to get with it and start doing this because you're going to need federal-provincial cooperation to get there. Well, I think E.B.'s sincere about it. I hope he's right, but I'm skeptical. In my experience, the federal government is not likely to take the findings of a provincial inquiry as seriously as it should do, because Ottawa is very, very um, cognizant of its jurisdiction, very protective of it. Uh, Collins said that the feds cooperated, but Eby pointed out something which I thought was quite
quite interesting. Uh, this federal regulator, FinTrack, it's the one that gets all the suspicious money transaction reports. Colin couldn't get unredacted versions of those. He was given redacted versions. Hmm. So Colin did his absolute best to say the federal uh, regime isn't working, but he also told reporters yesterday, you know, I'm a provincial commissioner. I can't actually give uh, recommendations to the federal government. He can only allude to what needs to be done. So... There's an awful lot of work to be done here. As I said, I wish EB all the luck in the world in getting Ottawa to work with the province on this because if the federal government falls down on this, and that may include changing the criminal code and putting a lot more resources into this, the province is limited in what it can do. Now, let me just talk to you quickly about David Eby's disappointments with this as well, because he was, I mean, he was thinking that this was all linked to housing and affordability, too. Yeah, I mean, if you go back to David Eby in opposition when he first started blowing the whistle on the money laundering problem and, and what he said since then, he's suggested in a number of ways many times that money laundering is a major factor in housing uh, affordability or unaffordability in British Columbia. Uh, the commission says that there's no doubt that, uh, you know, uh, money laundering may be being used to buy up real estate, but uh, the commissioner said he is not persuaded, was not persuaded that it's the main factor. He thinks it's, uh, you know, a uh, uh, Lack of a huge demand for housing, lack of supply, low interest rates, and all the other things we've heard. In fact, he said at one point, I want to be really clear here. The government ought to take these recommendations, but it should not assume that they will have a major impact on housing affordability in British Columbia. Hmm, all right. Thank you so much for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Simi.